Hey folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while and you're starting to think to yourself, hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing, but where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast if you're a novice just starting out. Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start. And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Hey there, folks. Welcome to uh, tonight's edition of the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live here from NGC Studios. And uh, I am joined via Skype uh, by uh, Sean and Phil of uh, Real News on uh, Verse Media and uh, that podcast network, even though... It's uh, only one podcast currently, so, and, uh, I'm dressed up a little bit tonight because, uh, I've been told that that's what professional, uh, podcasters do. And, Holy uh, shit, you're dressed pimping today. Holy God. <laughs> What's up with that shirt? And, My God. Well, I, I did it because, uh, you know, some streamers have told me that, you know, I need to be more professional in my, uh, you know, stream. And also, uh, I did it for Roger Stone, too. Because, oh, uh, shit. You got... Yeah, they said to look professional, not go suave on us. Damn. <laughs> well, <laughs> there, well, there you go. Anyway, gentlemen, how are you guys doing tonight? Eh, not bad, not bad. It's been an interesting week, but yeah, not not bad. Yeah, so uh, first off, what do you guys make of this uh, whole Trump, uh, you know, impeachment hearing and whatnot? Let's just jump it right into it. 
Well, I apologize. I sound sicker than Hillary Clinton tonight, but I'd say the only part that stood out to me was when I think it's Chris Stevens was his name was questioning <clears throat> the um, Ukraine ambassador. And she basically said that she doesn't know of any evidence that Trump did anything wrong, that he committed any crimes. I, I, I mean, that's just like case closed right there. Obviously, yeah, there are going to be other people that might know stuff, but she's like the the person that would know U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, and she didn't have any, didn't see any evidence of any wrongdoing. Yeah, I don't think I think it's I think this whole thing is a is a show, and they're trying to like I think the Dems are trying to work on some other stuff. And they're trying to keep Trump from doing stuff with this whole impeachment thing. It's not working, but that was the goal. And yeah, that's that's what I think. Because no, nobody, none of these people, none of these people that are like witnesses or whatever, are have firsthand knowledge of anything. I don't even know if they have secondhand knowledge of anything. So it's like, what are we even doing here? But this is this is all an act. This is all a show. And yeah, that's what we're yeah, dealing with right now. Even the never Trump, even the never Trump Republicans, who are usually you know like they usually they go gaga for uh, you know anytime any uh, you know thing happens to Trump. <coughs> ben Shapiro, uh, we're saying that uh, yeah. this whole thing is a farce, which I found to be interesting. At least they're being honest somewhat. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah honestly, like, if Ben Shapiro like thinks Trump is doing nothing wrong, and that tells you how like he's probably doing less than nothing wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that's putting it, uh, you know, that's putting it lightly, you know. And then <laughs> also the uh, the Roger Stone, uh, you know, trial. I didn't. Uh, read into that too much. I read some stuff today on it, but basically, it seemed like his defense team. Uh, from what I'm reading, either the from what I'm kind of reading between the tea leaves, either the the uh, defense team did nothing, or the prosecution was just so, uh, you know, visceral. So. Well, I think. The biggest factor is honestly the fact that this is in D.C. He's not going to have a fair trial in a <clears throat> part of the country that only like four or five percent voted for Trump. He's not going to get a fair trial. The jury, I think, was or the um the uh, judge, I meant, I think, was an Obama appointee. You have to fact check me on that. But there were Obama appointees involved, and the jury unanimously said he was guilty on all charges. I think Trump will definitely pardon him. It's just a matter of when, because Stone basically just took a bullet for Trump. Um, and Roger Stone is one of the I – mean, I was talking about this on our show today. Roger Stone is probably the one guy – if you were to pin down the one guy that got Trump to want, run, that saw it in Trump before anybody else, it was Roger Stone because he knew from the 80s. He was back in the 80s pushing for Trump to run and Trump finally did. Yeah, that that documentary on Netflix uh called Roger Stone. I don't know if it's on there. 
I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, but when it was on there, I, I watched it, and it was, you know, the documentary itself was slanted pretty far to the left, but it was pretty well done, and you 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 did get the impression that whether you liked him or not, he definitely was a you know chief political strategist. So. Yeah, I I watched that documentary too, and I have to say it was, even if it was like Roger, even I think said that the guy doing it was left leaning, but it was still somewhat fair, and I I think it was a good documentary that gives you a good rundown of who Roger Stone is and what he's done. Yeah, and I mean, also, and I think I maybe think that this is what's biting um you know, Roger in the ass a bit, is, uh, you know, Roger liked to play the, uh, he kind of liked to play the supervillain a little bit, kind of liked to pretend that he was, you know, a, a bad guy. Obviously, he's not, but, you know, the media has played him as kind of like a bad guy for so long that I think, you know, in kind of like a theatrical way, he almost embraced that to a certain extent, so... You know, and made it his own. So, yeah, so, yeah it, it's it's hard because if you look at it like, so technically, I guess technically he would be guilty if these charges were actually legit. Like, like if the charges were legit, he'd be guilty. But but the fact that they were foundationally on some bullshit. It's like, well, this whole trial was a complete sham. And, like, it's like, I don't, it's just, it, the whole thing is just sticky. And I'm just waiting for Trump to pardon him. I'm just waiting for it to happen. It's going to happen. The only, like Sean said, the only question is when. Yeah. And the thing is that um, it's, it's, it's not like he did technically. <clears throat> <laughs> break some laws you could say but they're trivial crimes and they're giving him 50 years in prison up to that's a death sentence he's old he's gonna die in prison if they give him you know 20 years at least so that's the that's what's crazy about us because guys like brennan clapper comey all these people admitted some of them to doing bad things but do you see them in court? Do you see them getting 50 years death sentence? No, you don't. And that's that's the difference here. It's a clear bias. They know Roger's effective. They know he helped Trump, you know, get Trump to where he is now in the White House. And they're trying to take him out. And they, for now, have. But Trump can just pardon him. Well, and I know that people are going to, I know that people are, you know, going to be uh, really pissed off, you know, when I when I say this because... You know, again, wiping up Hillary. But, but again, you know, Hillary basically bleached, you know, her email server when he, when she was Secretary of State, which is a federal, you know, crime in and of, in and of itself, you know, treasonous, some would argue. And yet she got basically a slap on the wrist, literally. She didn't even get a slap. She didn't even get a slap on the wrist. Like, what? What, what would be a slap? Like... Like a slap on the wrist for something this egregious would be something like uh, a barring from office or something like that. She didn't even get that. She got nothing. There's yeah. no slap on the wrist. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, I just... And conservative hippie in the chat and a few other people are saying that Trump needs to pardon Roger Stone. And, you know, I mean, that seems fairly obvious, but with the with the impeachment hearing, and this is the other thing, I'm not too into conspiracies, but it's very odd that this impeachment hearing begins right as the Stone trial is, you know, concurrent. Almost as if they're trying to kind of tie Trump's hands so he he can't pardon. Or if he does, it'll look bad. Yeah. Uh, he's. I. I don't think that's gonna. I really don't think. I know. I disagreed with a couple of people on this. I don't think that the timing of it really is gonna matter because because Donald Trump just pardoned a couple of military officers uh, and restored the, the. There was a Navy SEAL that got in trouble for um, taking a picture with a dead ISIS uh, soldier or something. Uh, he restored that guy's rank too. Like, so essentially he just kind of pardoned three people, three people in the military. And I I just think I, I think he was, I almost felt like he was doing that to gauge the situation. And then I think stone's coming next. I do. I, I really believe, I don't think, I don't think Donald Trump gives a shit. I, I don't. I think he is he is gauging the situation and you can't and regardless of whether he pardons him or not you still have to go through the trial and you still have to go through the sentencing then yeah. but because once you and once that happens then I mean then the pardon is going to like yeah but you still have to go through the trial even if you're pardoned uh, someone in the chat goes, uh, I wonder if this is going to tie into Alex Jones. Well, I mean, I've been tuned into Alex Jones, uh, this week and he says, you know, he's afraid he's going to get arrested and tried next. That's also part of the reason why I'm also just a bit is because Alex Jones lately has been rocking the, uh, open card, you know, blazer look too, which is nice. But, um, uh-huh. anyway. Uh, before you know, I'll be, I'll be ranting about gay frogs. So, that's what, that's what this entire week Yeah, but you won't be like. wrong about it. No. I, I won't, I won't be wrong. So, um. And I think Alex is right, actually. I think he should legitimately be concerned. I mean, with his custody battle, he was on record saying a bunch of stuff with that. They could try to bring that up to another level or they could try and get him with other stuff. I mean, he would know better than us, obviously. So he should be worried. He's probably one of the most censored men on the planet right now. So he should very much be worried. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's censored, although his, uh, his son right now, uh, Rex, is kicking ass mm-hmm. on social media and I had no idea how young that kid was either he's only like he's only like 17 but I thought he was close to, to our age or or something he he kind of he kind of reminds me of a mini dictator Phil Alma Alma oh, <laughs> oh no and there you go in the way uh, great great so now I just got dictator Phil arrested too Ah, here we go. They're gonna come take me. I do. I would. So part of me, part part of me thinks, um, 
is asking myself this question, okay? If if or actually when Donald Trump gets reelected, what kind of fire is this guy going to rain down? Because, you know, because if he gets reelected, I'm assuming he, there, there's nothing more that they're going to be able to do to, do to yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. This is it, right? This is the second term. You know he's not going past 2024. Like, what, what's stopping him from going, okay, let's start greasing people left and right? So that's the thing nobody's talking about enough. Because <clears throat> they think he's going to be more lax in his second term, which I think he will be on some things, but I think on the draining of the swamp, like, yeah. in these last few days of his presidency, he could literally pardon so many people, uh-huh. so many people. Yeah. On. Yeah. And there's another. And depending on what, and depending on what happens in the house, right? Because everything's in play, right? I don't. I mean, I think there's there's they're still going to keep the Senate. There's the. I think the Republicans will still keep the Senate. Yeah. But. But um, I think they might actually gain seats, too, to be honest. But but um, the House, depending on what happens with the House, like, say, say the Republicans get back the House, the Dems could be in some deep, 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 deep shit. Like, deep. Like, really deep. Well, it I, could get bad. Well, let's hope that's, that's the case. I mean... Worst case scenario, Trump doesn't win real re-election, and uh, you know we get stuck with Warren for four years. That that's that's the worst case scenario. He he's not going to get fully impeached. I don't think that that's. No. I mean they I mean they'd like that so that they don't have to contend with him. You know. In, oh, oh, and if that happens, and if that happens, you better believe. Oh. Fuck ton of pardons are going to be happening after that too. Like, oh, what? Do I, uh, President Warren? Uh, President Warren's going to be happening. Oh, so I got a billion pardons to make by January twentieth or something. Well, and you yeah. know, yeah. Well, and you know that even if like Trump does get impeached and Mike Pence has to, has to run, see, here's the thing: I know a lot of Republicans who are you know MAGA don't necessarily like like Mike Pence, but here's the thing. I will I will happily vote for uh Electroshock Daddy. Uh <laughs> Sparky. Before, <laughs> before, I think I I think his I think he was put in the vice president seat as a backup plan, right? As an insurance policy. Like cause the cause people know if 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 you're ballsy enough to to try to get Trump removed and succeed in removing Trump from the White House, you got Mike Pence, who's even way more right than Donald yeah. Trump. Like, do you really want that? Do you really want that? I don't know. See, I think that's an unintended um, case with Pence picking Pence. I personally think Trump picked Pence to get the evangelical vote because he wasn't doing so hot in that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can see that in the primaries. And the smart thing to do would not be to appeal to the middle um, in his current state there, be to pick up the, as many votes you can from the right and cap, because that's a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Elko vote, and that's what Pence did, and then go for the middle in the general. But, <laughs> you know, I think Mike Pence, though, like Phil says, you know, I don't particularly like Mike Pence, but if I would vote for him any, any fucking day over any Democrat ever. I mean, that's, that's where Republicans kind of annoy me, is when the chips are down, they'll be like, uh, I'll vote libertarian because so-and-so did this one thing I don't like. And I'm like, you're helping the Democrats. Look, they're all greasy. Like, everyone's greasy, okay? Deal with it, all right? Everybody everybody that's in D.C. is greasy, okay? <laughs> get, o- get over it. Like, you're voting. You're not really voting. Honestly, like, as far as president or Congress goes, you're not so much voting on the particular person you're voting for the defense of what you believe in. Yeah. Pretty much. And well, it's uh, more actually what we would want anyway. So it's like, do you want somebody that's going to bring us closer to our goals? Or are you going to vote for somebody that doesn't have a chance of winning and then elects a Democrat that pulls us further away from our goals? Well, that well, that's, that's why Trump's election was so historic, was because he was an outsider. And plus... I mean, he he encountered so much resistance, not just from from the Dems, but from the Never Trump Republicans. Yeah, you know, the cock. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Bill. Uh, oh, what, what's his face? Uh, oh, Bill Crystal. Um, you oh, know, was okay. especially leading that that charge that it was, um, you know. I mean, it it was just nuts, and then and then the alt right, which I swear was a, which I swear that most of the alt right is a DNC, you know, psyop anyway, to make Trump look bad. Um, you know that that became a thing um, too. So, and yet Trump, and yet Trump, no, sorry, sure. you know, Trump overcame all of that. So plus probably Hillary was trying to rig the election and whatnot. So, and, uh, you know, so it's, even to this day, it's still an amazing, uh, you know, victory. So. Yeah, because he had literally everyone against him. And that's, that's kind of like our event, like we talked about on this show, the Sargon event we had Penn State. Like, everyone was against us, and yeah, it was success. But it's funny you bring up the alt-right in this conversation, because with the Groyper movement, um, on college campuses, which has definitely had some all right people. And I'm sorry. I know some people in the comments aren't going to like this, but I know some of these groupers and a good chunk of them are all right people. And those people are just like, um, some of you was just describing where if they don't get exactly what they want, or if somebody does one thing they don't like, they throw them out. You know, they're very, absolutists they have these strange purity tests and it's my god the groypers are something else let me tell you there yeah so yeah so i actually wanted to to ask you about that because this was one of the reasons why i wanted to bring you on so i know we've talked a little bit about the alt-right before and uh i want to kind of preface some things because uh, I know that there are certain things that you can't say, uh, yeah. you know, but let me just say this. So earlier this week, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I released a, 
I made a quick video, um, basically talking about the whole kind of conservative civil war between Charlie Kirk and uh, Nick Fuentes, um, you know, and honestly, I have my issues with Charlie Kirk. I don't think he's perfect. Uh, I have my issues with Nick Fuentes. He's, you know, he obviously has his uh, flaws, too. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with the, uh, you know, with people asking questions, although the way that some people are asking questions, it seems to kind of be like a you know, like, gotcha questions anyway, but the one thing that I'm not okay with is I'm starting to see Ripers go after individual uh, Turning Point chapter leaders who don't really have anything to do with Charlie Kirk other than being affiliated with his organization. And, uh, you know, if you don't... Even if you don't like Charlie Kirk and you disagree with what he's doing... I personally think that going after the Turning Point chapter leaders, it's like going after the McDonald's franchise owners because you're upset that the CEO, you know, got caught with his pants down, even though the franchise owners have nothing to do with that whatsoever. Um, so, um, yeah. So here, so here's my thing with the Groypers, right? They, they're. They're they're extreme, okay. I I think they're a little bit extreme. Would you, would you agree? A little bit extreme, a little bit extremeish. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I would I would say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think they're a l little bit on the extreme side as far as of like the population goes in comparison to the population. Yeah. So here's here's what I'm here's what I, here's what I say to them. Uh, look, here, here are the two choices you have, okay? These are all, the only two choices you're going to have as far as, the election, as far as the election goes. Do you want somebody that is going to recognize your existence and let you have the freedom to say and do whatever you want, right? Or... Are you gonna vote? Are you gonna go? Are you gonna follow somebody on the other side that wants to see you off of the fucking plantation? Period. Right. So either you get, we get to exist even though we're not a majority, and or we're gonna we're gonna completely vilify everything you say, and if we have a chance to put you in prison or whatever we're gonna fucking do that because you're starting to see it like this hate the hate speech thing is just crazy the hate speech laws are becoming crazy uh, or the narrative the hate speech narrative i'm sorry is just getting crazy do you want somebody like a warren who is gonna make something like that a fucking law to where they're gonna ban they're gonna try to threaten your first amendment rights or are you going to have somebody that protects your First Amendment rights to be able to say some of the extreme stuff you say? You're not getting anything other than those two. Yeah. No, that's that, a good way to yeah, put it. Yeah, that is a good way to put it. So, and I'm not necessarily saying that the Groypers can't, you know, speak up on, you know, college campuses or question yeah. people. I don't. 
I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue here, at least kind of, well, I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys. I mean, you obviously, Sean, I know you've had some experiences with the, with the Gripers a little bit, but to me, it seems like it's one thing to ask, you know, to ask like serious, legitimate questions. It's another thing to go up there and ask Charlie Kirk ridiculous questions like, like, uh, so, uh, do you think anal sex will help America or, you know, whatever that stupid question was. And, uh, you know, or are you owned entirely by Jews, you know, or, or something like that. Yeah, that, that was crazy. That. that was totally crazy. Well, and the thing is, when those things happen, you got to know how to handle them. And yeah. my strategy is you answer the question quickly and clearly and swiftly and then move right to offense. This is what Charlie did in North Carolina with the Groypers, and that's where he had his most success. That's where the Groypers lost. Even Fuentes, they lost there. That's how you deal with these people. Don't shut them down. Don't call them racist. Don't call them sexist. But what you can do is answer the questions, get everybody to clap on your side, and then start grilling them. Be like, all right, are you a Trump supporter? Do you believe this? Do you believe that? And what Charlie did, and what, a few of them was prove these guys, like, you're not really Trump supporters. You're not really conservatives. You know, that's what they were trying to say to him. He flipped it on them. And the other thing he did, which was, like, something I would do, too, is, like, uh, I'd recommend doing is you ask him, like, do you like Identity Europa? Do you like Andy's groups? And most of them would say no, but he would get people, other people, that would be like, yeah, I like them. I support them. And somebody that was a supporter of Identity Europa came up to the mic. I need to debate him, and that's what you should do. Conservatives have always been about de- always been about debating and letting people have a free platform to debate, exchange ideas, and we should keep doing that. When you start uh, going against that, that's when you start losing. And like I've, I'm glad, glad, so glad, Sam, that you're one of the few people that emphasizes the important distinction between national headquarters and the local chapters on campuses because our chapter is independent from them. Yeah, we have their name on our shit. And yeah, they send us shit in the mail. But that's it. Our meetings are how we want them run. And it's pretty much up to us. Like, we can even technically bring any speaker we want. I mean, they have to approve of them. But we have a lot of choice in things. Like, they don't go around saying, hey, these are the rules for your club. You can't say this. You can't talk about this. You can't do this and that. Nine times out of ten, that is not the case. And I think, I mean, I saw somebody in the chat say the alt-right isn't real. That's not true. There is such a thing as the alt-right. They may have a different name. They may not call themselves that. But this sort of extreme right, some of them are white nationalists. Some of them are, uh, you know, they hate Israel, whatever you want categorize these people and they're all in that same source here I, I know these people i know who they hang out with they all kind of stay in their same group like i'm sorry it's i've seen it is it a big deal no that's the one important thing is these people are fringe um the only thing to remember is that these are a fringe group of people on the right but they are still a group you gotta deal with that you didn't have to deal with before and i told you this sam and you i think agreed with me when i said I'm afraid this stuff's going to make Turning Point look bad, and I'm also afraid 
the right's going to go too far right, or at least enough of it will, or a a noticeable chunk will. And that was scaring me a bit. I'm not going to lie, it was, because this is not the right I've grown to love under Trump. Right. This was there, and now it's coming up too much. And people are wanting to know what I define as the alt-right and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. so let me just, and what, and what gripers are. So as to what gripers are, I don't really know because, I mean, from what I've been able to, to tell, like, the Gripers started out as, like, a meme. They're, like, an offshoot of the Pepe the Frog meme. Yeah. Like, suppose, supposedly Griper is, like, a character in that same universe, and he, he's, like, a relative of Pepe and Keck, and, you know, like, there's that whole, there's, like, this subculture that is kind of, like, obsessed with the frog, so I guess that's where they got the name Groiper. Uh, what I mean by alt-right, because I know that they're like a bunch of fr- subsets, but I'm talking about the, the people who are very, uh, you know, who obsess o- over race and demographics to, like, the point where, like, you know, it becomes, like, their main uh, thing. And they're, you know, and there's some veiled, uh, you know racism but it's kind of coded and also you know that they 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 kind of like to use code words about you know jews and whatnot and i've i've never really been into the whole big jq thing if if that's your thing you know i guess you know that's up to you to do what you want but it certainly is kind of like a fringe group now when i was now, at one point, I considered myself alt-right. Back when alt-right simply meant, uh, you know, anti-establishment, you know, uh, anti-Republican establishment conservative. So, but... Well, I, I think the simplest way I've defined alt-right is they are white nationalists and are white identitarians. That's the... That's most of them. And then, like you said, there's also sort of these people that are obsessed over Jews in Israel, obsessed over <laughs> race, obsessed over demographics. And I mean obsessed. It's yeah. Yeah. all they fucking talk about. And those yeah. people in those same circles. And yeah. it may not be full on white identitarians, but they're still like, oh, what's wrong with being a white identitarian? Like they kind of hint at they could be. I mean, I'm not saying people that say that are white identitarians, but it's something that's a little hard to describe. And it's because... You have to interact with these people to understand what we're looking at here. Because we were talking about this because Sam brought up in his class, Sam Richards, not you, Sam, um, about Stephen Miller. And some say he's racist. Sam uh, Richards said he was had racist bones in his body, and I called him out for that. Uh, as people call it, said in the chat, when I really just want him like, to back that up. And Stephen Miller, yeah, he may have these, like, uh, when you see all these emails where, oh, Richard Spencer was in uh, his conservative club in college with him, and they did a debate together. And, oh, they were uh, – Steve Miller read a book that's considered racist. Well, this doesn't mean Stephen Miller's racist. When you look at the full context of who he is, what he believes, policies he promotes, he's not racist. But these I, – I can understand. I tested in the show today that out of context, when you don't see the full picture here, you can see all those little – uh, dots and connect them together and go, well, this guy must be racist. But no, you're not looking at the full picture here. And with these alt-right people I've noticed, 
is when you do look at the full picture, you'll notice they have secret Twitters where they say racist shit. Some of them will even start to say actually racist shit. Uh, but they're a bit more open about things, even though they are hidden. But you can always also hiding something. As open as they can be sometimes, you can always tell there's something they're hiding. Uh, with Stephen Miller, I just don't see him hiding something. Fucking. Yeah, the... Um, uh, we now we got a couple of people in in our uh, in our milieu uh, that 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 just obsess over like the BDS, right? Oh, like, yeah. Just, just like, oh. oh, do you support BDS? Like, shut the fuck up about BDS. Elon Omar doesn't give as much of a shit about BDS <laughs> as you do. Are you kidding me? Shut the fuck up about it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me talk about that actually a bit. That's I'm glad you brought that up. There's this guy that's up, you know, and a few of them also too that were obsessing over it because Turing Point has these posters with it that say BDS is BS. Wait, wait, <laughs> B, wait BDS has them. BDS, BDSM. Are, are we getting kinky here, guys? Or, or oh what? yes. Oh, oh you read my mind, Sam. <laughs> too bad this is a remote broadcast. Um, <laughs> so the thing is, like, people in Turning Point made these posters said BDS is BS. And look, we put some of those buttons on. Nobody took them, but we never put the posters out. I Look, because nobody took them. We had so many extras from so many years because nobody gave a shit about because nobody knows what it is. Nobody gives a shit. And so I was debating somebody about it, and I was like, well, I personally don't care much about the Israel-Palestine conflict. Like, it's not a big issue for me. There's much bigger issues like the economy, immigration, health care, uh, you name it. And he's like, well, you should uh, know about when you're uh, with a Zionist organization. I'm like, look, I can disagree with Turning Point shit all the time. Okay, I can agree with them on most stuff, and that's why I'm with them. And they kept joining me, and they're like, oh, just take a five-second Google search for you to know what it is. Because I said I don't know a lot about BDS. I really don't want to have a stance on them because I don't know a lot about them. I'm like, look, I can't know. I can't you know, come up with a stance on an issue after a five-second Google search. Okay? That's how children operate. The adult thing, I'm not trying to sound kind of the same, but the adult thing is to research something over time, get an understanding, then come on, you know, and have a stance on it. But I'm not going to, like jump and have a stance on something if i don't know something i'm gonna tell you i don't know a lot about i don't know a lot about weed i don't care a lot about weed i don't like it you know and that's what i said about him with this so i was like i don't really like israel i don't really like bds but i'm not gonna like obsess over it every day and like if i you know because they were should say i'm dodging the question they're like framing like i'm charlie kirk i'm like no i'm not dodging the question i genuinely don't know a lot about it and i don't care i mean look i won't dodge questions i told him that but and i've also told him hey Come to us after turning point means you can talk to me. Haven't seen him shown up yet. Well, he well here's here's the other the other thing is like I've heard this whole thing of turning point is is a Zionist organization. Now now granted, like I haven't watched every single turning point you know like live stream out there, so I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem to me like they go on like huge pro Israel you know, things like all the time. Now, granted, there are groups like the Students for Israel who are obviously, you know, focused on that, but I've never seen Charlie or, you know, company just go uh, after, uh, you know, uh, Israel. So, 
Uh, also, two is I'll point out real quickly is that a lot of these people vote for Trump. And I'm like, you vote for a Zionist from a Zionist party? How dare you? And, and they're like, well, 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 that wasn't the biggest issue. And I'm like, well, that's my point. <laughs> Don't you get it? That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not a big issue for me. So if they support it, I'm like, okay, it's not a deal breaker for me. These people are so, these all right people, they are, they're not stupid, but they're on some things really fucking stupid and really like hypocritical as hell. Also, uh, also, Sean, uh, you, you've triggered a few people in the chat about weed. What, what's, what's your, what's your problem with weed? My, my friend. So. Okay, from my ex- not personal experience, but observing experience, because I, I know people. Are, okay, I'll, I'll prefect. I'll give some. Uh, I hate all drugs. I hate uh, alcohol. I hate weed. I hate cocaine. Whatever. I hate a lot of this shit because I see what it does to people, and I'm just like, it's not for me. Um, weed, I don't like. <coughs> I mean, medical marijuana can have benefits, of course. I think we should look into that because any benefits are good is a good thing. But weed, from what I've seen, what it does to people, it makes – I mean it has different effects on different people, you know. But what from what I've seen, I know it's anecdotal. I don't want to generalize too much. But, you know, it can make you super paranoid. It can make you over time if you get quote unquote – I don't want to say addicted to it, but, you know, you like doing it a lot in a way – because um, some people told me they have been addicted to it, but some say it's bullshit. But though you know, those people make them lazy, make them stupid. Uh, and at the same time, though, I think I wouldn't necessarily put something in my body if I don't know how it's going to react, especially if it can react negatively. So I think it's just one of those things that it's best to stay away from. I, I just, I, I don't think that's a controversial stance, um, but you know. I personally don't know how I feel about legalizing it. I leave it up to states to figure out how how it goes. If people, if it becomes a big issue, well, now we know. If it's not a big issue, well, now we know. Um, it's not something I would push for to be legalized. So personally, I'm just saying. I I I just I think drugs are just bad in general. And you know, some people say it can be a gateway drug. And the fact that you start getting into that drug world, you start interacting with more drug dealers, and you you know. Could become worse. I, mean, I don't know, but that's these are the things I've heard. He's, so I'd recommend against it. He's uh, right. He's right, though. L- l- let's be real. He is correct. It is a gateway drug to Funyuns and Grateful Dead. Okay, total <laughs> gateway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm kind of I'm got, I'm kind of with uh, Dictator Phil on that one. Look. Mm. Uh, like I, I haven't, I haven't smoked weed very much, but the few times I have, um, I mean, I, I just got like super chilled out and didn't really do do anything. Um, I mean, I, I yeah, think that's some people. I've heard that many times. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it as long as you're like doing it in moderation, I guess. But like. I don't like I like if somebody somebody smokes weed, whatever, it's it's your life, your lungs, whatever. But like if you're if you if you smoke weed to the point where you're like where you're all like man, I only got like <laughs> hemp clothes, man. And 
and Dave Matthews Band is the greatest band ever. <laughs> like, guy, right, come on, like, come on, reel it in, reel it in. No, 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 hold, no, hold on, guys. I don't smoke weed, but I do listen to Dave Ma- Dave Matthews. Even no, he- I'm saying, I'm saying, if you want to like, like listening to a band is fine. Like, oh, I'm, this is awesome, man. Like, oh, come on, look. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I like I like certain songs, but if you tell me that they're the greatest band of all fucking time, I'm like, okay, now you you have a problem. Well, you need to talk to somebody. Well, the the who the who, it, the, the who is the greatest band ever? I'm... I didn't say the who. You said that, not me. You said the <laughs> who, not me. I call them the greatest. I'm... You put that. You put them in the conversation, not me, buddy. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I know. I did because 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 they're they're the best. So, um, although I I bet I bet Sean, knowing his taste in music, has some you know, has some you know things to say about about that. Do you do you have a favorite band, Sean, or is it just is that a hard? Oh, that, that's a hard. That's a good question. That is a hard question because um, I don't know if I'd have a favorite, but I can name like a top five. Um, to explain some context, I wasn't that into music until about um, high school, and the band that got me really into music. It was literally a gateway or a door, no pun intended, in the music was the doors. They opened up a lot of me. They just sort of like it was like another dimension of music uh, for me. And because I at that point, I didn't really follow bands. I really didn't get into them or go through their whole catalog. And that's what got me into that. So for the longest time, they were my favorite because uh, they were a lot of what I listened to. But I would still I still keep in my top five. Uh, absolutely. Uh, somebody mentioned the Pashmina. Yeah, the Pashmina has some good songs. I have um, two of their albums. Uh, I, I again, I don't know if I'd like. It's hard to pin down a top, like an absolute favorite anymore because there are so many groups with so many great songs with so much variety. It's like it's almost like it's whatever I'm in the mood for. So if I would name a top five off the top of my head, no particular order, uh, I would say The Doors, The Beach Boys. Uh, the Moody Blues. Uh, I'd put King Crimson on there, even if I just love their one album so much. I still have to listen to their other stuff. That album's so good. It's in my top five, uh, I guess. In, uh, in Discipline is, yeah. is a great album if you get the chance to listen to that. That's that's my favorite King Crimson album. So And and by the uh, way, I don't know who, who was in the chat uh, last week, but someone... In here last week dropped a pretty good uh, King Crimson reference. So whoever that was, thanks for subscribing to the channel. So star. I'd also have my top five: um, Pink Floyd, uh, and I'm trying to think of anything else. Like you know, I guess I could round my top five top of my head. I should be able to, but I'm a little sick, so maybe I'm forgetting. That's why. But those are like. I might. I don't know if I'd throw in the Beatles to be honest with you, because like I like a lot of the Beatles stuff, but I've never really loved, love, 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 love the Beatles. I just kind of like like a lot of their stuff, and some of their stuff is really great. But I'd also throw in. I mean, this is a modern art, so it's not really a band. But Rob Dugan makes a lot of amazing modern music. He's one of my top five artists, but top five bands. I might throw in then um, Alan Parsons. 
project. I mean, it's still kind of technically Pink Floyd because he was their producer and he was also producer on Abbey Road. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I'd say the Beach Boys, Mr. Davis. <laughs> well, well, you, well, you do. Well, you do have the Eye of Sirius as your uh, podcast network <laughs> logo. So, and I just uh, actually got in the mail that album. I finally got it because for some reason I didn't have that album. I, I just got it, and it's it's oh, it sounds so nice. Wait, wait, about what you got it in the mail? Meaning you you ordered you ordered the CD or you ordered vinyl? Yeah, I ordered the CD. Uh, I'll probably start a vinyl collection. You know, when I'm an adult. Um, oh, somebody knows Rob Dugan. You're my new favorite person. I'm subscribe to your channel. Um, <laughs> yeah, they. Um, uh, yeah, I got the CD because that's what I. That's just best for me right now. But vinyl. My dad's a lot. I think I've said. I don't know if I said this before. My dad has in still the cell fame. He still has Abbey Road, The Wall, a few Doors albums, a bunch of other. I'm like, I wish you were here. Um, a few Beatles albums too. Like it's just. I'm like, oh, I want vinyl now so badly. Just after seeing that. Yeah, I have a, I have a college professor who, uh, who was really into vinyl. Whenever we would cut, whenever we would go into his classroom, he would always, uh, you know, be playing vinyl. So I actually got to hear the, uh, the first Led Zeppelin album, which I've heard a million times, but I've. Uh, you know that was the first time hearing it on vinyl, and man, it, it was it was great. So, um, yeah, that's cool. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping to get you know vinyl started here soon too. After college, I actually have it. It's funny, I actually have a whole collection of vinyl, but no record player. So yeah, um, so and, yeah, have vinyls like lots of vinyls but the record players like i think we have record players just i don't know if they work yeah yeah and by and by the way on a side note uh to the chat uh and Alyssa will Alyssa will definitely appreciate this too i, I just want to make it clear that owen benjamin does not know shit about dark side of the moon the out al the album I did he shit on no well uh, well, Owen. Okay, so so. Okay, here here we go. Here we go again, folks. Here's another. Owen. First of all, do you know who Owen Benjamin is? He's the, he's the he's the little crazy guy. Yeah, he thinks the moon landing was faked, and he blames everything on the Jews now. Yep, and he and he actually docks two of my uh, personal friends too. But that's another. <laughs> That well, that actually kind of relates to to the Pink Floyd uh, thing. So he was uh, he was go he was trying he was trying to do like an analogy of like what Dark Side of the Moon is, and he failed miserably at it. And then he actually doxed a couple people, so that was lovely. But uh, yeah, he's he's not a conservative either, so. Mm. Dark Side Moon, by the way, is one of my top five albums of all time. I actually like I made a playlist recently, my top five favorite albums, and I have <laughs> on there um In the Court of Crimson King, Dark Side of the Moon, um, The Doors, uh, Pet Sounds, and Furious Angels by Rob Dugan. Those are like my top five. 
Yeah. The, yeah, those are those are great out albums. So, um, and then Pink Floyd actually they did a they did they did a few movie soundtracks too even before The Wall got made into a movie. So, uh, I think I think you you magma or whatever it's called is originally like a soundtrack of some kind. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Now, in- oh, you 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 having trouble finding a talking point? Okay, here I'll, I'll take over from here. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody did anybody see the uh, did anybody see the South Park episode for the 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 last one where they uh, made fun of transgender athletes in sports? Oh, I actually did want want to bring that up at some point. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't see the episode yet, but I saw the reaction to it from the left. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's so. hilarious. The episode, first off, the episode is absolutely hilarious. It it's like 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 South Park kind of lagged off a little bit, you know. But I think this was the episode that totally made up for all of it. Like it was it was so great, and it I, I've I've always felt like. South Park is one of the most ideologically intelligent cartoons. Oh, it is. Well, ever. And by and by the way, folks, this uh, show is not sponsored by uh, Sam Adams. I I I I legally have to put that in there that the show is not sponsored. Uh, I probably should have also said that the show is not sponsored by Stella Artois, but but I'm drinking in it anyway. But yeah, South Park is just uh, brilliant. So. Yeah, the, the the whole thing it was like, like the the it began as like the PC babies, right? The the first they created a couple of new newer characters. If anybody who doesn't didn't watch the last two seasons, they had PC principal who's like always That's funny. trying to be as PC as absolute possible, and like so you have. Uh, so you had this, uh, the, his wife, his girlfriend, who's, who's uh, Vice Principal Strongwoman. That's her name. Vice Principal Strongwoman. And she's like this empowered female, like all about like female empowerment or whatever. And like, so she's, she's doing like a female, she does like this female uh Strong woman competition, which is like a jab at the strongman competition, and they're like, "Oh, well, we're letting transgenders into this competition now for the first year. What do you think of that?" It's like, "Oh, I love it. I'm, I'm, a, uh, I, I have a couple friends who are transgenders. It's like, have you, have you ever, have you seen this new transgender that's competing in here?" And they, and they show it. And it's like Macho Man Randy Savage, like he's, he's like ripped. <laughs> it's it's so hilarious. They poke they poke fun, which I, I mean they they bring to light the ridiculousness of transgenders in female sports, and it's just I recommend you watch it. The, yeah, just well, watch it. I'm telling you. Well, the, the last time I watched it. Uh, like a full season of South Park was uh, the PC principal 
season. That 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 is that one is hilarious. Yeah, still this. So you, if you like that one, you you need to watch this episode. Like you need to watch the episode. I'm I'm telling you, it's hilarious. What I what I like about Trey and Matt is that they satirize everyone. But I don't know if you if you actually if you heard about this, but they were actually at an awards ceremony like if like two years ago or something, and uh, Trey like dropped a bomb and said, "Yeah, we're we're." We're Republicans and we're conservatives. Thanks for this. Uh, thanks for this award. And I guess you could hear like a pin drop or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. But they've they always been. They've always been Republicans, though. Yeah. Yeah, but they satirize everyone. That's what's brilliant. So. Yeah, it is. They they don't they on Wikipedia they say they're libertarians, but they were at an award show once and they. When people, it's a screw of people. They would just say like, "Yeah, I like George Bush. Yeah, I think George Bush is a great president." And just to like trigger people, um, I think though, I'm not gonna lie, and I know I'm gonna get hate for this. I think South Park's a bit overrated, and maybe because I've only watched the recent seasons, because I watched, um, it was this not the last season, but the season before that. I started watching it and there were some funny episodes and funny moments, but I don't think the season overall was hilarious. And I started watching the next season and I literally lost interest. I was the one to have like a school shooter theme going through it in the beginning. I don't know if that carried through, but I'm not gonna lie. I literally lost interest. Uh, the PC principal episode though is hilarious. I do like that a lot. And I think, yeah, I remember Strong Woman was coming into play in that season I did watch, and I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but it does sound like this season they're going a little more edgier, I guess you could say. Like, they did a show of China, the guy I'm in trouble. Oh, and yeah, then, that one. Yeah, which I should watch that, and it sounds like this one's getting them into some trouble. But um, the thing that actually got me into the show is when I saw this, like, clip that was like where they were mocking 23 and me and they were like, I'm 1% black. I'm 1% privileged. So they were doing stuff like that. I thought that was funny, but like, I'm not gonna lie. I don't, I don't laugh much during the South Park episode. I don't know why. Maybe it's cause I'm watching the recent ones. They're not that funny, but like, I'm not gonna lie. It just, I don't know why it didn't hit with me that well. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I'm not one of these people that has like watched every episode of South Park either. Because, yeah, like, some seasons are good, some seasons aren't so good, but, I mean, there there are, there are gems. And the, the 23 and Me one is hilarious. Is hilarious. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, also, the, uh, the one with the, uh, with the Catholic priests that they did, like, a year or so ago, that, that was hilarious, too. With the, yeah, that's the thing, I when they're most controversial is when they're funniest, you know? Like, when yeah. they went after Scientology, I did see that one. When they went after, like, one person mentioned in the comments where they made an image of Muhammad, like, that. that's where I think they're their best is when they're really pushing the boundaries. When they're kind of, like, you know, mocking school shootings, I'm like, or mocking weed or something. It's just, like, it just, I don't want to say it's a safe play because it's not, like, mocking school shootings, but... Some of the stuff they do make fun, like Trump. I'll give you that when they make when they make fun of Trump, it's kind of like okay, whatever, you know. what I mean, well, they they made Mr. Garrison the the substitute teacher who was trans yeah. and then went back 
I mean, he's basically yeah. Trump. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish, though, that we could get more of this type of stuff out there, though. Um, more con- right-leaning comedy that's genuinely funny and that makes fun of the things that need to be made fun of. Milo is amazing at this. Like, when he makes fun of SJWs and feminists and anybody that's insane, he does it just beautifully. But we need more of that. We don't have enough of that. You know, South Park is kind of like, I don't want to say they're middle of the road, but they're like, they lean right at times, but they also kind of go in the middle sometimes. Like, I want something that's more consistently, like, bashes things that need to be bashed, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm, I kind of inadvertently fell into the conservative comedy bubble. I I started off as a, uh, as kind of like a strict political commentary guy, but in the last, I don't know, year or two, I've kind of fallen into the conservative comedy circle, I, I guess. So, yeah. um, people, people think that this show is funny sometimes, even though I, I don't even try to make this funny. So, but, yeah, I think, I think, I think with the, the comedy, the comedy scene and just, just in like media in general are just, they're trying, they're like trying too hard to pander to, yeah. the, to the advertisers. Yeah. They're trying way too hard to pander to the advertisers when in reality it's a, it's it, it's a relationship. It's like an even relationship. Like you have to have, you have to have content in order to advertise to make it successful. If you just have bland shit, advertising it doesn't really do much. You know, advertising really doesn't hold its punch. Mm-hmm. And if you, and if you pander the advertising, the 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 material's just going to be bland. Like, you need good material. If you have good material and people want to see the material, advertisers are going to follow naturally. It just doesn't matter. Like, the idea that, like, we're supposed to go, well, what do these advertisers want? It's like, well, no. You, you, you do what... You do what you do, and if people like it, then great. You know, then the advertisers will follow. Well, look at look at Lily Singh, for example. They've tried to shove Lily Singh down our throats. Uh, you know, first of all, I didn't even know who she was until about, like, you know, a month ago or so. But, I mean, I haven't watched, like, her entire show. But, um, but like, from the clips I've seen, her show is horrible. I mean, like... Yeah. And I I think that's the other thing is Joe Rogan brought up a good point on his podcast that like late night late night talk shows are dying partially because yeah. partially because of the format of podcasting. So Well the bit that then that, that's another thing. The 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 they're they're trying to get whatever is you know pandering to the advertisers, right? So it's not the comedy sucks. The comedy sucks. The jokes are bland. They're safe, and it's like, but 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 you know, it's what advertise. It it, it it's what at, they think that the advertisers want, and it's like, well, if nobody watches it, 
are advertise how how long are these advertisers going to stay around? It's not even. Yeah, it's not even that they're safe. They're just they're dull. Ultimately, it is, but it is, but it is kind of safe because they, because you could see that like some of these jokes are like, well, I don't want to, like Amy Schumer is a huge example of that. Like, her, she's changed completely. Like, where oh, I, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to offend nobody or I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way. Like, look, stand-up comedy is supposed to be edgy. Like, it's supposed to be edgy. I think the last non-edgy stand-up comedian was Steve Martin. Like, you, you know, I, and, like, it has to, it has to return to a, a give-and-take relationship with the advertisers. Like, yeah. it has to return to that. And yeah. until it does, then we're, we're going to see more of the same shit. Yeah, and I want to add on to about Lily Singh. For those who don't know, she's a girl on YouTube called Superwoman. And <clears throat> I forgot this happened, but she recently got an NBC late night show. Uh, I Googled it. It's got 100% Rotten Tomatoes, but a 2.6 out of 10 on IMDb. And then when you look at the Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 31% audience score, but 100% critic score. And it's been on since November 12th, actually. So it's almost a week. So I guess it's only had one episode. Um, or, or if it, excuse me, if it's Dale, I guess there's a few episodes then also. But, you know, she's good looking and she's camera, you know, uh, I, ideal for camera. But other than that, I don't like her content at all. Who, 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 Lily Singh? Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't think she's that great looking, but that's just well, she's she's good enough, yeah. Yeah, she's semi fuckable. That's that's basically <laughs> what I've gathered. Uh, she well she she's no uh she's no Kimberly Guilfoyle, so. Dude, I don't know Kimberly Guilfoyle. Too much makeup for my taste. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So what what's what's up with what's up with Don Jr. these days? What what do you make of that whole thing with his book and and whatnot? I mean, I like the guy, but I I, I don't know. I yeah. was that he, I think, got stuck in the middle of a crossfire between the Groypers and Charlie, and it's not his fault. And if you noticed after his event where Charlie got booed, and so in effect he got indirectly booed too, you could say, um, by just being on the stage with Charlie. The next time when Laura Trump was on tour of Charlie, when the Q&A started, she went off the stage. So I think that was a person, I bet that was a move to make the Q&A happen but not have one of Trump's get booed. And I don't blame him for doing that. I wish his book had a better title and a better subtitle, like Triggered. I mean, that's kind of... I, I don't want to say cringy, but it's kind of, like, bland. Like, I expect better from Don Jr. And I don't even know if he thought, like, that, like what the process was with that or who, whose thoughts were where and what, but I wish it had a better book title, to be honest with you. But it's number one, so what am I saying? Well, that... 
honestly, and I, I know this phrase gets overused now too, but that seems like a boomer conservative, uh, you know, title. Like all, like all the all the boomer conservatives are like, we're gonna go trigger some libtards, and they're gonna get like super triggered, and it's like, okay, boomer. So. Yeah. Well, and I use the word triggered all the time, but it's like, <clears throat> for some reason, it's like. In the context, we'll use it, and it's more natural. It's less forced, you know. And and Junior's a great guy. Like he's cool. He's smart. Um, have, have you met him? I have actually. Yeah. Really? When he came here. Yeah, I shook his hand. I also met Eric Trump um, in 2016. But I didn't get a lot of time with Junior. But I just think he. I think he's a cool guy. But I think the one thing that's hurting him. And I, I, I saw this at our event, too, here with Campus Clash. What they did with the Q&A here, which everyone hated, was they said you can send questions in on Twitter and we'll pick them. And they also had um, some softball questions that were being fed to volunteers to do at the event. Uh, and the thing is, the problem is when you do that, because um, this was because of, I think Don Jr.'s people or people above him had it this way. That's what I was told. I could be wrong. That's just what I was told. The problem with doing that is you don't um, you don't get prepared for opposition. You know, you have to let him take the heat. You have to let him learn and know how to do it. I know he can do it. He's a he's an adult. He can do it. He's a smart guy. But they're like softening him. They're like keeping him safe. And you, and, and if you don't believe me, look at that View interview he did. When he was on the View, he didn't do so hot. I love Trump and I love Trump Jr. But he didn't do so hot. He had some good moments, like when he called out, uh, I forget her name for jo- the black jo- stuff. Oh, Joy Behar. Joy Behar, and uh, it was just unfortunate that. You know, he could have done so much better there. He looked a little um, too on defense and a little weak, a little taken off guard. He didn't look strong and confident like he should and like his dad does. If he was experienced with dealing with opposition and dealing with the media, he wouldn't have an issue with that. Um, And somebody in the comments said Eric is a douche. No, Eric is one of the nicest, most down-to-earth guys you'll ever meet. He was great. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I haven't met any of the, any of the Trumps, um, so I mean, I'll just, I'll take, I'll take your word for, uh, you know that, but um, yeah, I mean, I will, I will tell you that when I, I've actually, I've been, so I've been to to uh, New to uh, New York uh, six times over the course of my life, and uh, the last time I went was in the spring of 2016. So Trump had just been declared declared the uh, party nominee, and so I went into Trump Tower because I figured, hey, this will be the last time I'll get to uh, visit Trump Tower before it gets locked down, if Trump you know wins the election. And sure enough, I was right about that. Um, I got to meet. I so this is. I think this is impressive. I actually got to meet uh, Trump's elevator man, the guy who the guy who literally pushes 
the uh, elevator buttons for, uh, you know, Trump and his family or, or his staff. Um, oh, wow. Cuban, uh, and he's, he's from, uh, he's from Cuba, by the way. So, you know, he's Latin, he's Latin American. And the, the first thing he said to me was, uh, I've worked for Mr. Trump for 30 years. He said, don't believe anything, what the press tells you about him. He's not a racist. He's, he's a, a very nice gentleman. And, and he know, he knows everybody by the first by their first name here, at least those of us who are long time, who are long time employees. So, you know, that just, at that point, I knew for sure that I was going to vote for Trump, and I also knew he was going to be president at that point. Um, yeah. You know, anyone who, anyone at that level as a corporate executive who knows, you know, even, their, even like their low, lower level employees by their first name, is a winner for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what I've heard too. People that that have worked with Trump, that have met him on personal level, they all level, they all love him. <clears throat> Even some of these lefties will have trouble sort of saying bad things about him because they know that he's not a bad person. He's a good guy. Um, not to steer the conversation, but I saw some people saying in the chat, and I was following this. Louisiana governorship went blue. Democrat John Edwards were one with 51% law and the Republican lost with 48.9% with 98% reporting. Uh, Not good. Yeah. I lost. Yeah. Insert alt-right saying it's the demographics, which I'm not saying it isn't, but I know it's what they're going to jump on. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of going back to that because we we kind of got sidetracked. You know, like like here's the thing, like I I'm not saying that Israel is, Israel is not perfect, and I'm not saying that demographics don't play a role. Yeah. In certain things, but but when you get obsessively autistic about you know, stuff like that, that's when it becomes a problem. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and as Cernovich pointed out, um, evangelicals are overwhelmingly pro-Israel. Anti-Israel is never going to be a mainstream Republican position that's going to win elections. You're going to lose, lose, lose with philosophies like that. And I keep telling these all right people that. And they don't get it. They just don't get it. If if anything, in my experience, the Dems have been the most anti-Israel. So, I mean, look here. Look here's the thing. I, like I said, I know that Israel isn't perfect, but when it comes down to it, I would rather support the Israelis rather than support radical Islam. And that's just, I mean, that's just common sense. So. Well, someone's saying in the chat that the demographics are not an alt-right issue. I know that. I get that. But like Sam said, the alt-right like fetishizes us. They obsess over it. Like It's just a weird, annoyingly <coughs> um, degree. Look, I will admit it. 
Democrats are pro-immigration, pro-legal and illegal immigration because they know it imports Democrat votes. I get that. But what's the solution, guys? Tell me solutions. Okay, we can limit immigration. I'm for that. I think it's a good way to assimilate people and get more people on our side. Um, But we also need to understand that elections are won also through mobilization. Yes. You can have, in Texas, a lot of Hispanics. So you would assume it would go left-wing every time, but it doesn't. It's because the Hispanics there don't vote a lot. A lot of them don't vote for whatever reason. Um, But the Republicans are good at mobilizing their votes there. Mobilization is a key, huge key to election. Like two big keys are persuasion, mobilization. You know, convincing people in the middle and then mobilizing people not only on your own side, but people in the middle and people that haven't voted before. Um, but you know, if you want to deal with demographics, well, you gotta find ways to reach out to these new voters. That's one way to counter it and to limit immigration. Those are two simple, easy uh solutions I think everyone can agree on. Yeah, I mean I I think I think that limiting immigration is certainly a thing that we can, you know, all kind of agree on. But but we're not going to outright. Okay, let me say this. I think we should outright stop illegal immigration. But I mean, yeah. legal immigration. I don't have a problem with with legal immigration, especially right. you know if we're getting if we're getting people like you know engineering students or something here and by the way that wouldn't be that wouldn't be just from you know third world world countries either there are there are a lot of uh, british you know citizens you know who want out who want out of uh, england right now because they're conservative and they know that britain is going to fall is going to fall so yeah i totally agree i tell we actually have this a little discussion in our group meetings about this. A bunch of alt-right people were claiming that <clears throat> they were claiming that stopping all legal immigration, they then backed it up to only 95% is a is a is something everybody agrees with. I'm like, no, 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 no. Most people believe in uh, either keeping immigration the way it is, maybe increasing it, I don't know. But limiting immigration would be of a more... Um, sensible stance that most people would probably come around to we took polls and overwhelmingly everyone was against um illegal immigration everyone said it should be stopped when it came to legal immigration there was some split but most people believed it should either be increased kept the same or decreased a bit but this whole stop all legal immigration close the borders is an unpopular position well, I yeah, mean, I mean, I, I like I like the uh, I, I, I would all, I would be all for having like immigration reform or having some sort of thing where we we bring in immigration and the numbers can vary or whatever. I'd be all for whatever numbers they decide like that are varied or whatever, but only after the wall is built, only after we get rid. Only after we put a plug yeah. on the illegal immigration, like that's the first thing before <laughs> anything else, and and then we can talk about okay, you know, we can talk about the 
you know, the, the lotter, the, the lottery or like, you know, what kind of people we can bring in like legally and whatever. But yeah, yeah you have to put a lid on, on the illegal immigration before that conversation can even happen. Yep. Yep. Totally agree. And that's the thing is like, you know, and I know these polls are going to be inaccurate because they're in our little, I told these people this, they're in their little right wing circles on campus here. But even among that, people like immigration generally, legal immigration, as long as we're bringing in people that want to contribute to America, I don't see a problem with that. You can make mm-hmm. the argument that maybe that hurts people here. They're trying to get those positions too. That's a valid argument to make. But I believe we should make the best nation possible, the best people possible, have the best competition possible. That's just the way I look at it. Um, as long as it's not hurting people um, detrimentally. And illegal immigration is like, to me, it's like I've always been against it harshly because, first of all, you're breaking the law. And number two, we need to know who's coming into this country. If you don't know who's coming in, well, how do we fuck? Do we know that they're not criminals or, or they hate America? You need to bring in people that are going to work for this country. They're going to, you know, going to be good people because it's a privilege to be an immigrant here. Like it should be, it should be like a, a, um, uh, you know, that's like a status symbol. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, it's a, it's a certain status to be allowed into America and that child should be special and should be treated that way. Yeah, and I mean, so, and I mean, now someone's bringing up Dan Crenshaw, and look, as far as Dan Crenshaw goes, as a politician, eh, he kind of, he kind of reminds me of John McCain a little bit, and you all know how I feel about John McCain, uh, but, you know, I mean, honestly, I think, I think Crenshaw would would be much better suited to retire from politics and uh, maybe just be like a motivational speaker like lots of other wounded veterans. Uh, See, the problem, I think with Crenshaw, look, I've never been like, oh my God, he's amazing, I love him. And I've never been, he's John McCain 2.0, I hate him, let's get rid of him. I've kind of been in the middle, I'm just like, eh. And kind of like where you are, it sounds like, but I think his problem is like he can't be a motivational speaker because he's not that exciting. He's very sort of like military, you know, calm and precise with his words, and it's it's appealing in some ways. But he's like he's one of the least exciting speakers, honestly. He's very smart and he can be pretty persuasive, but um, I think he's he doesn't understand some communication. Uh, things like, for example, when he said he supported these type of red flag laws, I bet I like that. He claims that was they're different. Well, he claims I'm just taking his word for it. And this, if he's right along in this, it doesn't matter, but just it just shows you how he's thinking. He claims that the red flag laws in Texas are different than, different than the liberal ones, and they don't, they're not as crazy as that. That's fine, Dan. If they are, that's great. But don't call them red flag laws because communication-wise, that's how people are going to interpret them as, as liberal red flag laws. They're not going to interpret them in the way that your red flag laws are. You should call them something else. Like they, This is why I noticed with the right is they sometimes don't understand language. They don't understand 
um, communication, which Trump does, he gets it so well. It's because like that's what he specializes in. He's marketing. He's in television, and Crenshaw just doesn't—he just doesn't get that. And he also is always about, well, it's nuance. This is nuance. This is complicated. I'm like, yes, that's true, but in politics, you gotta like, you know, people gravitate towards simplicity. They gravitate towards somebody that knows what they're doing, that picks a side, that picks an option, that's going for it. You know, and when you're when you're standing there going like, oh, it's all nuance, like you're gonna get people that hate you on both sides for that, unfortunately. Yeah, well that well that's well the whole nuance thing, that was the excuse during twenty twelve with Romney. Romney was so focused on nuance because Obama was so effective at using nuance to his to his advantage and you know, believe me, I'm no Obama fan. But, you know, that was Obama's strong suit. So Romney, I feel like his greatest flaw was he tried to copy, you know, uh, Obama far too much. And that's why he lost. And he also tried to be too nice. So, yeah. Yeah, Romney was so soft. So nice. I mean, I was young at the time when that was happening. And I noticed, too, I'm like, why isn't he attacking Obama and Benghazi? Why isn't he attacking Obama on this, on that? Whereas Trump was a total opposite. He just came out punching away. And that's what you have to do. Like, these people aren't your friends. Don't try to be friends with them. Just go after them, you know, f- you know, with both fists and, you know, knock it out of the park. It's not hard, guys. Yeah. Oh, and by, and by the way, uh, Nirai, yeah, I think Sean, Sean is a little bit under the weather. Well, Sean and Phil both are, so. Yeah. Sorry, um, <laughs> I, I caught whatever Hillary uh, had in 2016, so I will be out of all public eye now. I will have to just, you know, get chucked into a van. So you're you're going you're telling me that you have some terminal illness that no one knows about, and you might, <laughs> you, might you might die. So yeah, I'm getting old and decrepit. It's just pneumonia, though. Remember that, you know, it's a little hot out. Uh, so it's pneumonia. N- pneumonia, pneumonia. Yeah, that was that was the worst. That was the worst excuse because pneumonia yeah. is not just a just thing either. It's like, it's like you have pneumonia. You better go to the fucking hospital for that. Shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, all serious guys. I just have like an ear infection, or sinus infection, but I'm making it through it. Well, what's so the, what's the temperature week. in Pennsylvania? It's got to be cold. Oh, it's freezing. It's 27 degrees outside. When my girlfriend and I went to Subway to get something to eat uh, before the shows, we were both starving. It was so cold walking these, you know, few feet to that and get some hot chocolate. Uh, It is cold here. It's going to go down to 22 tonight. Um, It's going to stay in the 40s for the rest of the week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's why I moved from Colorado to Florida when I was 18. I got sick and tired of the, of the cold. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I do not like the cold at all. So, um. Oh, did you see, uh, Sam, I don't know if you saw us in our Discord, but I posted in the news section... Uh, there's an article. I think everybody will find this quite funny. 
by The Guardian. This is real. You guys can Google this. Google Prince Andrews and you'll see it. The headline literally reads, Prince Andrew, I didn't have sex with teenager. I was home after a pizza party. Uh, pizza. Yeah, yeah, I, I did see that. So That's one of the funniest, craziest headlines I've seen in a long time. Like that, like literally made all the pizza gay people just like wet their pants. Yeah, P- pizza gay is a really weird. I mean that pizza gay. There's so, that's like a level of fucked up that like I don't even I don't even want to travel down that rabbit hole. So so. I, I feel like once you dive down those pedophile rap holes, you're not yeah. you're not gonna get your soul back. So No, you know somebody that really followed a lot. He said he saw shit that just kept him awake at night. Like there was some really fucked up stuff out there people found. And look, a lot of Pizzagate is very, you know, conspiratorial and bullshitty. But there was some truth in there. Epstein was a part of Pizzagate. Epstein turned out to be true. What else is true now? Yeah. And, and Annabelle says the Guardian is a left-wing cipher. That that's very true, Annabelle. My biggest problem with the with the Guardian is they keep lying about James Bond in their tabloid section. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the new movie. What do you think about the uh, female Bond? Or double set, I should say. Well, first off, I've seen all. I've seen all of the of the Bond movies, uh, all of the all of the official ones. I'm I'm a big James Bond aficionado. Um, Same. I don't mind if they have like a female 007, but for God's sakes, don't change the gender of fucking Bond, and stop and be be the character. So. Well, I think they're testing the waters with this. You know, they're kind of through. I don't even I because this is Daniel Craig's last movie. Now, I think what they did was they they put this news out there to see how people would react because they're trying to spice up the Bond franchise. They thought put her as a 007 for now. Maybe we'll make her Bond. Maybe, but let's see how people react first before we make a final judgment. Because they probably didn't know what to do. They made a female Bond. That would be an absolute abomination. That changes the character fundamentally. And the thing I don't get is I thought 007 was attached to Bond himself. You know, I, I thought the code name was attached to him. I could be wrong on that. Um, some you know more uh, uh, you know um, deeper Bond fans might have a better uh, you know they might know that canon better. But I always saw it was attached to the agent, so I I, 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 just, I I thought it was too. So, which is why I think it's so it's it's like an indirect way of making Bond double, you know, Bond a female, or at least kind of giving the mid, I won't say the middle finger to Bond, you know, as a man, but it's kind of like a, you know, it's it's kind of like that. And I, I I it's stupid. I'm sorry, like. It's just stupid you're changing something that doesn't need to be changed. Like, you can have a kick-ass female sidekick or even villain. Like they've done this before many times, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just don't change the character. 
Well, my argument is all the Bond girls are strong feminists, but because they still ap appeal to men, that's bad, and we can't have that according to to fucking woke to fucking woke uh, culture. Yeah. So, and well, this woke culture has waged the war on masculinity. Like it's true, they hate it. Why do you think they love BTS? Why? think they love these female empowerment movies we're going to replace the men in this classic movie with an all-new female cast they want to like it's it's the, i've seen these people it's literally a fuck men person like uh um ideology and it's like i don't do that i don't do that to men or women why are they doing that no here here's the here's the thing but the new definition of misogyny is is just incredibly fucking overblown okay i don't i don't hate women at all i'm a i'm attracted to attractive women there's a yeah. big there's a big difference between misogyny and uh, actually being attracted to women the feminists because they hate men they conflate the two so and I mean, I, I know that Dictator Phil and I could have a whole conversation about, about that because, in fact, in private, we have. So, uh -huh. um, yeah. <laughs> this, this, whole, mean, this whole concept of misogyny, quote-unquote, is fucking bullshit, so. It's like, not what they're, what they're defining misogyny, like, like, the misogyny isn't real in 2019 i i don't i don't see it i don't see it like nobody like like people people have it's like with racism right people yeah. are changing the definition of racism to mean something completely different to what it is it's like no no the, the definition hasn't changed right and it's like and I'm like, I, uh, I don't mind that if you can, uh, if we include women in anything, but they have to be able to do the job. That's like, that's exactly. like when, that's like when, um, when, uh, they allowed women into the Ranger, into the Ranger Corps. Right. I was like, cool. Don't mind. But they got to be able to do the standard, right? And it's like, I, I, you can't lower the standard. You can't do, you know, you can't make it easy on one person versus the other. If they don't meet the standard, they can't be a ranger. That's it, right? And some people thought that that's a, that, that's a misogynist statement. Like, no, it's not. It's, there is a, there is a universal acceptance that the physical standards are a must to be a ranger in the United States military. And if you don't meet it, then tough, right? And the opposite is technically misogynistic because if you have to lower the standards for women, you're basically saying, oh, the girls aren't good enough, so we got to lower it for them. That's the meaning, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, technically by their own definition, it, it is. So... Exactly. Um, I'm also seeing, you know, people say Robobond. Well, I mean, technically, since I'm in a wheelchair, that could be me. 
I mean, I could, <laughs> I could be I could be Robo Bond easily. Uh, yes. I would I would rather have that before uh, you know before female Bond if they were going to to, to change it. Hell, knowing the left though, that that wouldn't even be good enough. Now they would want to make it like transgender Bond or or something like that. So. Well, and speaking of the men women thing, I'll mention something. <clears throat> I don't know if I've told you about this, Sam, but I had a sex ed class over the summer here at Penn State where they this class was just about sex, and it was it was interesting to say the least. Um. But we had a bunch of women's studies majors and feminists in there, and I did not keep my mouth shut. Um, I let my views be known, and it was hilarious because I made the statement. I was talking about, you know, like I was like, well, why do guys work out? Because they want to have big, strong muscles, and because it's attractive to women. Like maybe, yeah, it can help with sports and all, but like in the day, it's attractive to women. And then this one girl was like, that's not true. And then my professor, who's a gay liberal, literally went, all right, guys, so let's say you're at the beach, and yeah, you see one guy, he's a big, strong, muscular man, and another guy's this wimpy, I mean, say wimpy, but skinny, um, doesn't have any muscles, uh, short guy. Which would you go for, the strong man? Everybody's fucking hand went up, except the feminists that called me out. Including my professor. Uh, and then he said, the skinny guy. Only the feminist hand went up. It was so fucking funny. She got owned by somebody she thought was on her own side. And I'm like, I can't believe the shit I'm saying is controversial. That shit is so basic. Women like tall, strong men. Because we've been evolutionary program. Uh, to think that that's healthy, that'll pro- that's protective, and that will yield a good offspring. And it's probably fucking true. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean you should hate men that are skinny. That doesn't mean men that are tall and strong or, like, you know, um, superior, I guess you could say. But they are the alpha male. They are looked up upon as, like, the ideal man. That's what James Bond always was, was the ideal man. He's strong. He respects women he protects women um you know shit that even though some of the 60s mods you know there's some scenes i'm just like damn that wouldn't fly today like in goldfinger he's like talking to this one guy in the beginning by the pool and this woman comes up to him and he goes uh i forget what he says but he's like he's like uh it's, it's time for the men to talk and then and you hear slap and he like slaps the girl's ass i was like damn that would not fly today you know there's like this whole thing like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know. that, that 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 would that would apply today, and then my reaction was, "Ah, oh, the glory does." So, <laughs> so. <but>. Oh. <laughs> I yeah. laugh harder, but I'm so sick. <laughs> but yeah, the thing that is so annoying now, I say so much shit on this campus that is like not even controversial. But there is enough people that lose their shit over. Like I said recently to somebody that like Christianity is the best religion ever. And they said, well, that's like saying white people are better than all kinds of other people. I'm like, what? No way. Well, how, do you make the, how do you make that connection? That's like – that is so off the wall. Well, I, I, well, I, told, I told you guys my story about how me literally stating fact that Gavin McGinnis co-founded Vice I, about how that triggered people. I'm like – 
people were like, well, he, he's a racist, though. Yeah, but that doesn't change the fact that he founded Vice Magazine. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally stating fact that you can look up. Look, you might or might not like Gavin. I don't care, but the fact is, he founded Vice Magazine. That's, uh, yeah. that's indisputable. So... Yeah, and there was actually, it's funny you mentioned that, because I just remembered somebody I was talking to in college, Republicans, was taking an English class where they talked about the Proud Boys and Gavin McGinnis for an entire fucking week. I'm like, I want to take that class, but she thought he was like, all right, and I was like, nah, 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 let me give you the truth about Gavin, and I kind of red-pilled her on Gavin and the Proud Boys, but, you know, it's it's so fucking insane. like that Christian comment I made. He's equating it to like race. I'm like, dude. He's like, well, you're well. When you say Christianity is better, you're kind of demeaning and discriminating against and saying that mother, uh, other religions are in fear. I'm like, no, I'm not. You can say something's the best, but that doesn't mean everything else is bad. And he even didn't believe that, like what he was saying. Like, I'm to admit that. I'm like, dude, you okay? Let's take Scientology. And he goes, well, that's not a real religion. I'm like, okay, you can think that, but objectively speaking, it's tax exempt status. It's a fucking religion. Okay, do you think Scientology is equal to Christianity? Do you think it's just as good? He's like, no. I'm like, do you think there's bad shit in it? Yes. Okay, you just say Christianity's better than Scientology. And, I, and he's like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, do you get this? You fucking get this? And by the way, uh, Sean, well, I mean, I, I don't want to out you here, but I find I that I find that amusing, especially considering uh, what you've shared with me about your. Uh, religious views so oh no i have to come out of the closet <laughs> i yes i am an atheist i don't believe a guy <laughs> exists i know i know okay haters come at me but but i have realized over the past two years or one year actually year and a half maybe christianity's the best religion on this planet it's best that we got and it's important that we have it it's what is the foundation for a lot of Western values and the great things come out of the West? If you like it or not, that's what I believe. And I even said to my friend, like, dude, I'm an atheist. And yeah, I'm saying this shit. Like, what's your issue? And <clears throat> I use the Scientology as an example. And I brought up, I was like, okay, well, what about how Islam treats gays? Do you think Christianity treats them better? Do you think it's better to have those ideas you know, where we're not pushing gays off of buildings and we're not executing them by law? And he goes, well, um, yeah, I think that's bad, but I don't think that religion's uh, inferior or not as good. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, oh, okay, I got it. We at least we're we're not throwing them off roofs, but that's not as bad as calling somebody a name. Okay, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like what? Like what? No, one involves death, and the other one involves getting your feelings hurt. Get the fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah, exactly. I know. That's why these, these lefties are fucking just impossible to talk to or befriend anymore. They get triggered over everything. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is not controversial. And when I said America's the best country in the world, he's like, well, that's kind of – you know, that's saying some countries are shitholes and some, you know, you're kind of making some, it makes it sound like some of our countries are inferior. I'm like, I'm like, some countries are shitholes, but England's a yeah. great country, or was. Uh, was. Yeah. Was. 
Yeah, was. Okay. Was. Yeah. <laughs> they had a British Empire. To be fair, okay. They had a British Empire and they've systematically lost damn near everything that's valuable to them. Okay. Yeah. They don't even own to put it in perspective, look look look, they over the last couple hundred years they've lost, let's see, America, they've lost India, they lost Hong Kong, they've lost uh, yeah, quite a few things. They've uh, they don't even own half of their own fucking soccer league teams, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And the thing too is like I've noticed it's so controversial now to say more so than ever that some cultures are better than others. I I don't get why that should be controversial. And he was like, well, we should try to understand, you know, why they kill gays. I'm like, no, I won't fucking stop that. I don't want people dying. No, give their yeah. shit. Why? Oh, like, like what? You what? Well, let's understand why they bludgeon them to death. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Who gives a shit? Like what? I know. Like, like all right. Oh, like what? What? That's like saying that's that's like going like, um. Uh, oh, let's let's try to understand why he brutally raped a woman. Right? No. Well, who cares? Who cares? The, cr- the brutal crime happened, deal with them, move on. That's it. Yep, That's exactly. it. Um, let's see. Well, well, you're in the chat, so you, so you can read some of the comments. Um, but you mean the comments? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I don't want to I don't want to challenge you, but I I guess you seem to me, to me more like an Adam Carolla atheist. Ah, yeah, uh, I love. Car- as opposed to like a hardcore atheist, if that makes sense. So, well, I've kind of evolved on this. I'm not gonna lie. Like I said, I used to be <clears throat> very hardcore atheist. Where I was like, religion's fucking stupid. Why do people believe in it? Like, fuck this shit, man. All religions suck, man. Um, and I've grown to the point where I realize that religion does some good. Okay, it's done some bad. But I do think it's important in keeping a society cohesive and um, because, yeah, religion can make people do a lot of horrible stuff in the name of God. But at the end of the day, laws aren't the most effective way of telling people not to steal. But if you tell somebody you're going to go to a burning you know, place uh, and you're going to behave for the, you know, in the afterlife and it's going to be shit, it's going to be a devil – that scares people because people are persuaded by stories or persuaded by emotions or persuaded by stuff like that. That's why I've come to realize. I realized that through my marketing, um, like learning about marketing, learning about persuasion. And I think also you got to understand realistically, we're not going to get rid of religion. Religion's going to stay here. It's always been here since mankind's existed. So we got to use it in the most effective way possible for the greatest good possible. And Adam Crow, I do love. He's a smart guy, funny guy, cool guy, down to earth guy. I love him. Oh yeah, well, well, Adam Adam Carolla. It's funny. Uh, I don't know if Ian Ellis is still in the chat, but uh, Ian Ellis, if if you're watching this, uh, you mentioned you asked if I was based off of uh, Sam Hill, and the answer is no. My show style is more in the Adam Carolla slash Joe Rogan uh, type of podcast slash uh you know style style show so um but yeah i mean 
I mean, like I have, I have no problem if you're, if you're an atheist because at least you're not militant. I, I find, I find militant anything uh, to be really obnoxious. So, um, no, and I'll be the first to tell you that as an atheist, I hate most atheists because a lot of them are like these left wingers. They're sure. so annoying and so. Uh, condescending, and I'm just like, oh, stop. <laughs> yeah. So they don't seem to have a respect for, you know, the average Joe that's religious that goes to church on Sunday, doesn't do any harm, does good things, and they have like an issue with that. That that's what started to annoy me is when because I know some people that are religious. Like I know a good friend at Penn State who's super duper religious. And I disagree with him fundamentally. He's the sweetest guy. He's the nicest guy I've literally ever met. Couldn't be kinder. He does so many nice things, people. And I'm like, I, I can't hate. Like, look, if religion's working for him, fucking great. If it's made him this good, that's awesome. It's not for me. I think it's not for some other people, but I just don't get what's so. I just don't get that with the atheists, where they have to just go out of their way to hate these Christians. Because, like, that's the other thing that's annoying me. It's like the left loves to bash Christianity and, and is scared to touch Islam. I'm like, you should be bashing religions with fucking crazy, insane ideas, like killing gays. Stop bashing Christians for actually doing good stuff, for being good people, and for being the best religion that's created so many great things in the West. Like, why aren't we attacking this medieval shit where... People were getting crucified in the Middle East and burned and thrown off buildings for being gay. That's what we need to be focusing on, but they're scared to because, oh, these people are minorities in our country. We can't touch them. We're going to touch the white guy. We can do that. It's so hypocritical and just silly. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, as, as like a Christian, I have to say that I believe, you know, that... that that there is a God and I believe in, you know, Christ as the Savior. And a large part of that is because, you know, as someone with a disability, I've been able to, you know, do things that I shouldn't be able to do according to, you know, doctors and whatnot. Like I, so I do believe yeah. that I'm divinely blessed. But at the same time, the... I do have a huge problem with the religious right, so to speak, because I try and keep my religion and politics separate because whenever whenever religion gets involved in politics, almost every time it turns into a disaster, at least at least within my lifetime it it, it has. So uh, the, I, I only, totally the only problem the only problem with that though is like the left has gone further and further away from religion, like or Christianity, really. And it's like you're you're not you're really not hearing it. It used to be, you know, it used to be a good part of the even even the even the left, like and and it's gone completely, like like they've gone completely away from Christianity, and it's like you. You're headed toward a disaster because, yeah, like this country was founded on religion, and like we have a First Amendment that has freedom of religion, and you can you can celebrate whatever religion you want, but 
the majority of the people were Christians. They were Christians. Even and and even the people that weren't religious that signed off on the Constitution understood the importance of Christianity in society. Like the the whole as a whole and and by the way that reminded me there was one time where obama was like said something to the tune of oh well well uh more people were killed in the name of christianity than any other religion and it was like shit (laughs) and and i'm like no no so so he is he is right but what the fucking the this misleading fucker did was he put like he went back like hundreds of years yeah, and basically rounded off with the, included the crusades and all this crazy shit that happened in like the fucking from the, you know, the 1300s on and shit. Like yeah. he's rounding that up. So where it equals all the fucked up shit that Islam is doing today, right? They're doing it today, right? Yes. You're talking about throwing gays and killing gays off, but you know, throwing them off of buildings you're talking about stoning women for cheating on their spouses you're talking about islamic countries that won't even let women drive without a man present like i mean that's not a bad idea let's be honest well like (laughs) i'm saying i'm (laughs) saying like you want to talk about you like like it's so hypocritical to bash christianity yet support a religion that's antithetical to the very groups that you claim you're trying to be inclusive with. Like what? That's not inclusive. Like, like Sharia law Islam is not inclusive at all. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And that's where I have a problem with the left and it turned me off so much with their Christian bashing. Like guys, that's such a safe fucking thing to do to hate on Christianity, hate on Islam. I'll give you some props for that, cause that that takes some balls to do. You know, I'm not saying you should hate on Muslims as, as individuals, but if you want to hate on the religion, you know, it says shitty ideas. Well, that takes a lot more guts to do in today's world. Um, and the thing too is, uh, you know, what got me. It's almost like they're fake on it because if they really were being intellectually honest, they would attack all bad things about all religions. But they focus on Christianity, which is weird. And I I don't like the whole idea of, you know, the gay, anti-gayness in any religion. But with Islam, it's fundamentally so much worse. And I I always bring this up and it just tells, tells the whole story is that... If you look at every country in the world, only Muslim-majority countries, is homosexuality still punishable by death? By death? By law? No Christian countries that way, to my knowledge. None at all. Maybe a few. I could be wrong. But at the most, it's mostly Muslim-majority countries. And that's fucked up. It's Christianity has had some bad times, had some dark ages. But it's re- it's enlightened itself. It's re- had an enlightenment period. Islam has never had an enlightenment period. Hence why it's still medieval as shit. I mean, look at these Muslim countries where women are wearing full-on burqas 
and hijabs, and you can't see anything. You can't see their bodies. Do you realize how fucking weird that is? How fucked up that is? So women can't show off their bodies? And they need a male escort to leave the home? They can't drive? They can't vote? I mean, do, do people realize just how backwards, how medieval that is? And you compare it to America, where women have the exact same rights as men, can do whatever. Everything men can do. I mean, you, I just just think about that. Just think about these women that have literal cloths covering their entire bodies. It's insane. It's still happening in huge chunks of the world. I, I don't think I think people just forget how fucking insane that is. Yeah, people, yeah, I think people do do forget. You know how insane how insane it is. You know and. You're kind of an interesting anomaly, Sean, because you're an atheist, but you support Christianity and you're conservative. Like you're, you're an anomaly. Oh, and you go to Penn State, which is one of the most, as far as I can tell, liberal campuses, you know, in the in the country. So, and uh, you know, same with, same with dictator, you know, Phil. Well, I know he's no longer. Uh, you know, a student, but he's an alumni, I I think, aren't you, Feller? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, and then, also, did I, did I see that you served in the uh, military? I did. Well, thank you for your service. Well, thank so, you. Well, I, I always like to, I, I'm very thankful for our vets, so... Um, and now we have a whole religious, uh, you know, debate sparking up in the chat, so that's lovely. Um, but guys, it is midnight, and I don't want to keep you for, uh, you know, too much longer, so, uh, any other points that you guys would like to bring up, I guess, in closing? Uh, last thing I would say is that, as an atheist, I think America needs more Christianity, uh, to purge degeneracy, bring civility, and make people happier. Um, other than that, subscribe to Versa Media on YouTube, on all the podcasting platforms, and follow us on Twitter at Versa News Media. If you want to stay up to date on stuff and hear my voice that's not sounding like Hillary Clinton's, it sounds much uh, uh, more bearable, too. Um, and. Man, the chat really is blowing up. Um, this is funny. So if you guys want to continue conversation, hop on to um, our stuff too. Because we got some cool interviews like with Milo Yiannopoulos, Mike Cernovich, Sticks Hexenhammer, uh, Sargon of Cod and Hunter Avalon. And, of course, the full event with Sargon of Cod and Hunter Avalon. Those at Penn State is on our channel. And is there some really spicy clips from that, especially the Q&A? So I think you'll just have a good time with that. Yeah, actually, before you guys go... Um... Before we, before we sign off here, someone actually brought up a good point here. So you guys won't be able to see this, but I uh, I do want to. I am going to go to your channel real quick. So um, So I'm I'm going to I'm going to verse me to his YouTube channel. Everyone here should subscribe to uh, 
Versa Media, and I will pull that oh. link up here uh, soon. So, you guys... So how long have you how long have you guys you guys had the show now? I have to ask. Oh shit! Um, I think since my sophomore year is when I started doing the radio show at Penn State, and we didn't start uploading it to YouTube uh, till I think a year ago, and I only started doing that because. December 10th, when YouTube decides to purge all of us. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The the infamous YouTube purge is coming. Right, folks? And, uh, sorry about that. I guess we had a broken up YouTube, uh... Yeah. Yeah, guys, sorry about that. The YouTube stream just, uh, crashed there for a sec, but we're back yeah. now. Um... So anyway, yeah, subscribe to Versa Media, ideally before December 10th when they act <coughs> at all. I mean, I don't know what the logistics of that is, but uh, I mean, I've only made it to 500 subscribers. These guys have made it to uh, 272, so, you know, we're so not, none of us here are, are commercially viable, obviously, so we'll probably get axed, but, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, who, who needs it? Who needs intelligent thought in comedy when you could listen to uh, fucking Lily sing for God knows how long? Yeah, from corporate uh, sponsored, you know, YouTube channels and, and whatnot. So, and mark my words, YouTube, it this mass banning of people will be your undoing. So. Uh, once you start getting rid of the smaller channels, it will be, uh, you know, it will be your downfall. So, but uh, anyway, guys, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me tonight. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me in the in the chat. Those of you who have uh, watched live, and uh, thanks to those of you who have uh, been listening on the audio podcast. Well. As always, you can follow the uh, Whitfield Report on uh, Twitter and Instagram at somebody underscore NDC. You can follow me on Gab and Minds at Sam Whitfield, uh, Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report, and the SamWhitfield.com is my website. I want to thank you all for joining me very much tonight. And uh, from all of us here at NGC Studios and at Penn State, God bless. God free the mug scene in that order, and God save this great nation. I'll see you guys uh, next week for the live stream. God bless. Thank you for having us on. Have a nice day. Later, Later Gator. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that just by listening to our show. You are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please 
donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show, you can head over to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report and click the support this podcast button and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show. Or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page. If you can support the podcast, I really, really appreciate that. Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated. Even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast, I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Thank you.